A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, your weekly dose of wedding inspiration and information. Thanks so much to everyone who's been listening over the last few weeks. We've loved hearing your feedback, fielding your questions, and we're not ashamed to say it, we've been glued to the positive reviews on iTunes too. I have to say, it's a real thrill to have actual listeners. We're not just two people in a booth. <laughs> not anymore, Claire. So today's topic is one that we know resonates with lots of you, and it resonates with me too. We're talking about why you don't need to lose weight, get clear skin, fill your lips, have Botox or indeed whiten your teeth to get married. Yet for some reason, many brides and many grooms feel the pressure to do so. Now, we couldn't think of anyone who would be better placed to discuss this with us than the wonderful Louise McSharry, who is a 2FM broadcaster, beauty columnist and author of the book Fat Chance. Louise is a staple in our Insta story feeds. We've uh, both been hashtag influenced by her. Absolutely have. And we're just a big fan on her work on this topic. So she was our number one. Even since reading the book, I've I've changed my Instagram habits and how I who I follow and finding people to follow that I identify with has been really helpful in just feeling better about myself in, in general. And Louise got married a couple of years ago, so I know she'll have great things to say on this topic. One Fab Day expert wedding tips. Here at One Fab Day, we've got an arsenal of wedding planning tips up our sleeves, ready to impart on any couples who are in the throes of wedding planning. So today, Claire is sharing a tip that's very personal to me. Oh yes, because Selena, you were involved. Uh, My tip today is to consider open mic speeches. So at our wedding, we didn't have a traditional wedding party, so we didn't really know who to include in the lineup for the speeches. So we decided we'd have open mic and we got two MCs, yourself and our friend Alan, and you guys kind of led it. So it meant that there was a free reign on anyone who wanted to take the mic and get up and have a chat. But it also meant that it was managed in a way that like, no one could like take it for 40 minutes. So we kind of gave you a timeline. It worked really well. I think the best thing that happened was, so you asked me and Alan to do it. And I had a chat with Alan saying like, oh, what do you think we should do? Should we prepare something to say at the start and at the end? You made a fabulous entrance. Was it Glenn Close? Glenn Close and Antonio Banderas. (laughs) Yeah, we weren't dressed as them, just for (laughs) listener clarity. We made like a funny comedy bit for the start. But he was very determined that we wouldn't rehearse it, which was brilliant. I don't think you should ever be too rehearsed in speeches. And yeah. because we weren't really speaking, we were more ad-libbing in between other people's speeches. Uh, and we knew that that was the vibe that you were going for. I think that was he was exactly right on that, that we shouldn't have sat down with a pen and paper and planned it all out. So we waited until the day to really talk about it. We kind of mingled around during the drinks reception. We knew that maybe like your dad, for example, yeah, wanted to speak. Yeah, there was a couple of, not quite plants, but like we knew, yeah, my... My dad and Marco's dad would talk and his brother and then we didn't have a clue who else would. And it was actually lovely because people that we never expected to speak had a bit of Dutch courage and got up and yeah, said like words. Yeah, like your best friend for years, Kira spoke. Yeah, and that was totally sassed Marco. <laughs> Did she? Yeah. I don't remember that bit. She said, Marco, we're very different people. <laughs> oh, I do remember that bit. It was beyond gas but I think she spoke literally because during the drinks reception I got a bit tipsy and I was like right I'm going to go for a walk around the courtyard and like feel out people who I feel Mm -hmm. like might have a speech brewing up in them and she was one and it was one of the nicest moments of the day and again I should say that Claire and Marco gave us a timeline of about 40 minutes and we stuck to that very strictly but I think it's a great tip for couples because you place kind of the responsibility on two very trusted people to just worry about the speeches for you and you don't have to think about it. Um, yeah, and it kind of shakes it up, especially if you're in that kind of stage of your life where you're going to 10 weddings in the summer, that there's one or two where it's just a bit different. I loved doing it, but I think the guests really enjoyed that kind of informal, free-flowing vibe where they felt a little bit more engaged with the speeches as well themselves. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. So on to our main topic for today. We're talking about why you don't need to lose weight for your wedding. 
But we'll also be discussing why every bride and indeed many grooms, bridesmaids, mums and guests feel immense pressure to do so. We're all about someone wanting to look and feel their best on their wedding day. But there's just something about weddings that breeds insecurity in even the most confident among us. So that's why in this episode we want to get the point across that we're not against anyone having some kind of enhancement done, whether that's getting a load of facials or if they do want to have Botox or cosmetic surgery, we don't want to imply that they shouldn't be allowed to do that because, you know, with weddings, we're all about like, you do you, hon. But what we really want to rage against is, I suppose, the idea that you feel like the person who you are and the way you look isn't good enough for the person you need to be on your wedding day. That's something that really doesn't sit well with us and inspired this episode. Yeah, that there's some kind of requirement to look with heavy air quotes, wedding ready. And that's, you don't need anything to be wedding ready other than a marriage license and someone to marry. Yeah, like, or the idea that there's an alternate universe where you live, but you are the Vogue magazine version of you. And that person is inherently better than you are. That is kind of something that brands tend to peddle, that idea. And it really, really doesn't work for us. Uh, And it doesn't work for Louise McSherry, who is our guest today. Who's just the person to talk about it. Louise's book is amazing and we'll talk about it a bit later, but it really inspired me to kind of cleanse my Instagram account and, you know, try and think differently about the messages, the media messages that I take in in terms of body image. Yeah, and it got me as well to also just check myself and how I speak to myself. Because often we could be so supportive of other women, but we talk to ourselves in a really horrible way. So it's important to kind of think about that in the lead up to your wedding as much as any other time. So Louise wrote this really powerful piece for The Pool, uh, all about why she chose not to lose weight for her wedding day. And we thought it would be the best introduction to the conversation if we asked her to read an excerpt from it. I am fat, yes, but I have always been fat. I was put on my first diet at age seven. If I had devoted all my time and energy into becoming a thin person for my wedding day, and that's what it would have taken, like all fat people I have tried, I wouldn't have been myself. I wouldn't have looked like myself. I might have felt delighted to be thin, but I wouldn't have been able to maintain it because my body is not built to be thin. I would be looking at my wedding photographs today, unable to recognize myself because I am a fat person. I have accepted that. And so I was a fat bride. I was a fat bride with three size eight bridesmaids and still I was the star of the show because I was so happy. It didn't matter that I had hardly any hair after six months of chemotherapy. It wasn't important that I was several sizes larger than many women would deem acceptable for a bride. I glowed. I laughed. I danced until five o'clock in the morning. I was beautiful. Thank you so much, Louise. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. It's kind of weird to read. Like, I don't read out loud that often. I, I should do like, more of it. I feel like you should have your own audible audiobook. <laughs> I will buy that even though I've read the book already. Um, I think we chose that part of your piece that you wrote for the poll because we thought maybe that would be the most resonant. Yeah, absolutely. With people. I know even when I read it, I was just recently married, but I was like, yes, that's exactly how I felt. And it was just so great to see it see it in writing because I do think when you say what's deemed acceptable that's the thing is that it's as if god you couldn't not lose weight for your wedding yeah it's kind of a given yeah like people just assume that that's what you'll do and even I know I'm like I've heard from a lot of women that when they go dress shopping you know in shops the shop assistants will be like well you'll probably be a size smaller or like even no matter what size you are whether you go in as a size 20 or you go in as a size 10 you know there's just this expectation that naturally of course you will lose weight because you're getting married which is just madness no absolutely I was writing a piece the other day about alterations and I was looking around like scouting around the internet for like various tips to see if there was anything I'd missed and every single piece mentioned that like you need to consider whether or not you're going to be smaller on your wedding day. Mm. That's how prevalent it is that there's no one seemingly in the wedding dress industry who doesn't factor that into their business. And it's crazy because that's just an added stress. And and the thing is, no matter what size you are, whether you've lost weight or not lost weight, I think you worry a little bit about fitting into your dress because there's such a gap between buying it and actually wearing it on the day. And there's kind of quite a short space of time between getting it and the event. So I was worried, like, is it going to fit me? Not like, am I too fat for it? But just like physically, will it go on my body on the day? Yeah, if you fluctuate at all. Yeah. You're like, well, if I 
eat too much pasta sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think most people do fluctuate a little bit, particularly if you're not someone who's getting on the scale every day or obsessing over your weight, then of course you fluctuate. And normally you wouldn't even notice it and you wouldn't consider it. But then because you know you have this one dress and, you know, so much effort has gone into it, um, you have that stress anyway. So if you're trying to lose weight as well, it's just like a whole other added layer of stress and worry. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, like the crux of what I wrote for the pool is that like, I know people who have lost stones and stones of weight for their wedding and they just don't look like themselves. Like they they were not themselves that day. They dressed up like someone else. And, and then they have to look back at the photos and they might not like what they see or they might upset them to look at the photos. Well, that's what I think because I know myself, like I've lost and gained a lot of weight over the years um, until I got to a place where I realized that that wasn't for me. I, I know for me, it's much healthier for me to just maintain and be, you know, eat intuitively and be kind of where I am mm. and, and stick to my kind of natural size. You know, when I wasn't in such a positive place, looking back at old photographs of me where I was thinner, you know, could really trigger quite, you know, really negative thoughts about myself. Do I want to look back at photographs of what is ostensibly the air quotes happiest day of your life? And all you can see is, oh, I had lost so much weight and I've put so much weight on now. And, you're, you know, the whole thing would just be wrapped up in all of these negative feelings. There's something, though, about weddings where I think it's because the photographs, they sit there around for years. And we all look at maybe our, our mum's or our granny's photos and we think, oh, that's the most defining day of how I looked in my whole life and it has to be the best. Mm. And that comes down to not just weight, but your hair, your skin, your teeth, your boobs, your bum, whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a huge amount of pressure to put on anybody. <laughs> yeah, I think in a way, the fact that I didn't have hair at the time either kind of released a little bit of that pressure for me because it was like look I'm not going to look like I thought I would look like I wasn't someone who spent my entire life thinking about how I'd look on my wedding day but like any thoughts that I had had I definitely didn't have no hair you know mm. so I was like well you know <laughs> if I'm letting go of that I might as well let go of it all and I actually yeah. ended up being super casual about my approach to all of it which with hindsight now I kind of I find myself thinking a lot about like if I can manage to stay married for 10 years for my 10th anniversary I want to have like a really big party because I want to I want to wear a different kind of dress because I feel like I made a very quick and kind of fleeting decision about my wedding dress because I wasn't that invested in my kind of appearance. Sometimes when you decide to be laid back, you end up doing about things that you wouldn't normally be laid back yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. And like, I just, when I look at the photographs, what I see is how happy we were. I, you know, I really, that is genuinely what I see. But I also, I'm like, it's a really nice dress, but it doesn't feel like me. Yeah. So, you know, down the line, I definitely want to have another event where I can... I don't want it to be just one moment where I look and say that's the yes. best I ever looked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. and I also want to keep having those in my life anyway yeah, because otherwise it. how boring. Imagine you're just like, oh, well, that's me done. I feel like your kids as well will always know you as this person who wears a lot of colour and like big earrings and when they see your wedding day photo, they'll be like, oh, that is a bride. Yeah. But it's not necessarily my mom. My mom, yeah. It's a beautiful woman who yeah. looks like a bride. Which is something slightly different. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't say regret is too strong a word, but I just kind of go, that's really symptomatic of where I was at that time. I was really sick when I was buying my dress. I didn't have it in me to be in a shop for a long time. Dress shopping is so stressful anyway, like no matter what. Adding to the fact that I was stressed about my size because I'd heard all kinds of horror stories about women going into shops and awful comments being made to them about their body, about losing weight, about spanks, about, you know, X, Y and Z. So I was nervous about the whole process. So I really just decided I just want to get this done. I went to one shop, had a terrible time, not because of the shop, just because I found it so stressful. I brought my mom, my sisters, everybody. And then I made an appointment at a wedding dress shop that was literally across the road from the estate that I live and I was going to go on my own but then in the end one friend came with me because she said asked did I want to go for a coffee that day and I was like actually <laughs> do you want to come with me to this thing I tried on six dresses and that was it like I just wanted it to be over I didn't want to kind of engage with the process I had a similar experience because I was so nervous and I started losing weight the summer before I went dress shopping but it was actually more of an empowering experience because I went and I tried on the dress and I was like oh I actually feel gorgeous in this I don't yeah. need to lose any weight oh that's so was lovely because and the dress shop were really sound and lovely and they never even mentioned it it was like we'll order this in your size and that's it and whereas so many people I hear have experiences where yeah the dress shop says are you planning to lose weight and even just saying that they're not putting any judgment on you they're just asking but even implying that that might be something you need to do is harmful enough yeah I think Mm. wedding planning is a time where like maybe you're usual internal insecurities become external like your parents or your friends might say something about weight loss or about teeth whitening or about something else corrective 
um, that they wouldn't normally say that normally you're just used to dealing with your own, you know, internal gremlin about. And now mm. suddenly there's maybe even a stranger, like a person in a boutique. Yeah. Bringing or it up. as our friend had, she bought a vintage wedding dress. It fit her perfectly, which is a, a rare gem. Which was yeah. a miracle. And her trainer said, OK, well, here's what we need to do to get you wedding ready for that dress. And it fit her. She didn't need to do anything to be wedding ready. Yeah, not only was it an offensive statement to make, but it was also really bad advice because the dress was ready to go. You know, she needed to do basically nothing differently than what she was doing to look amazing in that specific dress. It is that thing though, isn't it? That like, it's like your appearance becomes up for public consumption and public discussion. It's a bit like when you're pregnant, you feel like your body and your kind of behavior becomes everybody's, which is wrong. And then when you're a bride, your appearance is up for judgment, definitely. You know, everyone's judging on the day. There's never a moment you walk into a room and everyone is like, I want to see what she's wearing, how her makeup is, what she's doing with her hair. Like it is kind of intimidating. And like people you don't know, like every time I go to a wedding, my mother laws or you know someone is like oh take a picture of the bride yeah and you're like yeah, I, you don't know her <laughs> like, but I kind of find myself doing the same if someone if one of my friends goes to a wedding I want to see the bride yeah so it is it's an unusual kind of situation I suppose you're the celebrity for the day or mm-hmm. whatever and so therefore you're up for public critique which maybe we need to analyze yeah <laughs> as, a, as a people need to have a word. <laughs> that's why it's interesting that you bring up about your dress because I think people feel like for a bride and her wedding day she's making like this huge effort and she's really going like gung-ho but a lot of brides don't a lot of brides play it really safe on their wedding day and they just want to look very classic and natural and maybe it's not the day when you're necessarily going to wear like the one like gold lame jumpsuit that you always have dreamed of wearing you know mm-hmm. Selena will definitely get married in a gold lame jumpsuit I'm working up to it <laughs> I'm just like I literally my brain just went off into a like oh, gold lame jumpsuit <laughs> yeah the stuff of dreams yeah yeah. I didn't even think like now when people who weren't at my wedding or whatever people who know me are like I really didn't think you'd wear white I thought you'd wear a different colour or you, this isn't at all what I would expect and I'm like yeah I know yeah, <laughs> like I know it's not really like now looking at it, I'm like, yeah, it's not really what I would expect either. But I totally understand why I did what I did at the time. And don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful dress. I looked great. Like I felt beautiful as I wrote in the piece. All of that is true. But yeah, if I was doing it again, I'd just do it a little bit differently. And presumably there were other ways in your wedding that you did things differently or throughout the rule book or. Oh, well, I mean, our day, see, me, me and my husband like had rows because I was not really engaged in the planning process because all I cared about was the music and the food and that we had a decent venue. Like what was important to me was that our venue had like a, a lot of different rooms where people could hang out. Um, you know, I think sometimes at a wedding you end up stuck in the big reception room and then you need a break. I like any party, you know, you need to kind of be able to go off and have a chat with someone more of somewhere. A house party, you feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Those are the words. Um, <laughs> so once we had the venue and once we had the music sorted and the food with the venue was amazing, I was like, I don't care about anything else. And my husband was like, yeah, but Louise, we still have to organize like minibuses and flowers and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I was like, oh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like for me, it was just about the party and the feeling of the day. And I also think I didn't really actually process what it would really be like until I was actually there. And I think I think that's the way for a lot of brides and grooms. You get there and you're like, oh, my God, hang on. Everyone I like is in this yeah, place. It's very overwhelming. It is. And that's the magic of it. And that's what I always say to friends when they're getting married. I'm like, you know, you try not to get too worried about all the little bits because really it, the day is about the vibe of everyone being together. Like, that's what's overwhelming. And you can spend so much time worrying about, like, I had bad skin in the lead up to my wedding and I spent so much time just praying I wouldn't have a pimple. Mm. And, I, and on the day, would it have mattered if I had a pimple? Absolutely not. And you just, you can get so fixated on things like that. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the hope is that when you get to the day, you can let go of all of that. But I've definitely been to weddings where I know that I've, you can kind of see it on the bride's face that she's uncomfortable in her dress or, yeah. you know, there's something that's that's not right that she's not happy with. And then that's just such a shame, I yeah, think. Yeah, it can really spoil it. Yeah, but that's, I mean, I, like we're sold this story about, you know, being a pretty, pretty princess on our wedding day. And if you feel like you failed at that, then you can feel like the whole thing is a failure. Yeah. That's the tragedy, I suppose, of the wedding narrative. Yeah. It's just a shame that marketing as well is so targeted, brides in particular, but just in general in the wedding industry towards weight loss, cosmetic procedures. Yeah. Yeah, in general. it is really disappointing. Like we've been approached loads of times by brands who are trying to sell like various weight loss products, things like teeth whitening, like Botox, cosmetic surgery. And while we don't like blanketly, you know, dismiss those things, we have an issue with the idea that they're working with a target market who have a timeline and they're trying to like take advantage of 
the pressure of, oh, well, you have six months for this campaign to run, six months for your whatever you're being to get to this idyllic place. Yeah. And I just always feel like that's a very vulnerable time for women. Like all women are vulnerable to these messages from brands. But when you have a timeline of, well, I have to look amazing on October 12th. Mm. (laughs) It's so much, it feels so much more cynical to me that they play that game. They prey on it. We always, you know, we we can't have anything like that on the site. Like we refuse to have anything that we feel like is preying on women's insecurities. Mm. But then it's a fine line because obviously we talk loads about like hair and makeup and glowing like glowing is potentially unattainable like depending Mm. on your complexion so it's about it's obviously like you want everyone to feel their best and feel like they look their best but without applying on loads of pressure yeah I suppose it's that thing of like you're trying to find the balance between um you know feeling beautiful and emanating that kind of feeling of beauty whatever that is for you um, and accentuating what you have and who you are rather than the change what you are because what you are isn't good enough and that's a really fine line to cross I think or to straddle and like I mean I think we talk about makeup a lot we women uh, my women (laughs) we talk about makeup a lot in the context of kind of feminism and stuff there's often conversations about like you know can you be a feminist and can you be into makeup can you be into beauty Um, and I think you know it depends on how you're looking at it as well if it's like oh I'm hideous without makeup um, you know then there's probably an issue there but if you know makeup is a form of creative expression for you then like you know where's where's the problem it's like if you're looking at makeup on your wedding day is you know it's going to be a fun bit and it's going to enhance and and you know make me feel even more beautiful than I already am then you know no issue but equally I wouldn't look down on someone who feels like they absolutely need makeup like everyone's different and if you feel like you need a full face to leave the house then absolutely do it I just it makes me sad to think that there are people who feel that way and I and I worry about where that comes from it's so that's I suppose the question for you know a publisher like you guys that like you don't want to compound that message that like what you are isn't good enough yeah and I think that's been from my own experience like pretty much every bride I know has done like a gym membership during the run up to their wedding and gone like really really heavily into exercise and eating clean quote unquote and some of them do it still in their regular day to day life but most which of means them, it was authentically a habit they wanted to have which you know I, I that doesn't ring any alarm bells for me but when someone who has no interest in exercise or healthy eating suddenly puts themselves on a diet and goes to the gym I feel very much like there's something not right there like the fact that what was okay for them a year ago isn't okay for them now like it's not okay for them to have a takeaway on a Friday anymore suddenly because they're engaged Mm. and in that way I suppose maybe I'm more attuned to it in terms of weight loss and exercise and things like that than I am with something like skincare because if a friend told me well I'm I booked in for six facials in the run up to my wedding. That wouldn't ring alarm bells for me. I would think like, oh, well, that's fair enough. You know, you just want to make sure everything's, you know, healthy and in the right place. So maybe I need to like check my I own. I do think skin impact. will be the next. The way we have corrected how we speak about weight, I think is how, like even the way I use the word bad skin, like I don't know if we're going to be using words like that in the future because there's so much of a movement towards positivity about how you talk about skin and how we show skin as well in general media and photoshopping and all I that. suppose like listening to you say that for me the difference would be that I suppose you need to question what, what where the sacrifice is so like if you're getting six facials before your wedding and that's what you're doing like that's not a big deal that's what six hours of your life yes it's going to be a bit expensive but like you're not making huge life changes if you decide you want to change two or three dress sizes before your wedding which people do like that your entire life is going to change. Like your day-to-day life is going to change. You're not going to be able to go out for dinner with your pals. If you do, you're going to be getting like the salad or whatever, not drinking. You know, you're going to be up early in the gym. You're not going to be able to, you know, if cakes come into the office, you're not going to be able to eat them. Like it's an all-encompassing thing to lose weight in that dramatic fashion. So it changes your entire life. Like some people love it. You know, some people thrive in that kind of discipline and that's that's cool like everybody's different for me it literally ruins my life so that's I think the difference yeah you know you have to analyze what kind of sacrifice are you making and why are you making it and why is it so important and like look lots of people do believe that thinness is happiness and like fine I disagree 
Um, and I don't want you to insist on that message for me. But like, if that's what you feel for yourself and that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do because I don't believe in body positivity. I think that phrase has lost all meaning. Um, I believe in bodily autonomy. I believe your body is your body. You do whatever yeah. the hell you want. And my body is my body and I'm going to do what I want. Um, and so for me, it's about lessening the pressure that we all put on each other to be a certain way. So like... If you want to lose three dress sizes for your wedding, go for it if you're willing to make that sacrifice. But be aware that it's a huge sacrifice. It is. And be aware, I suppose, that the period of your engagement is an opportunity for you to have, like, great crack yeah. all the time yeah. and drink so of Prosecco <laughs> and have loads of cake and have loads of nice days out with, like, your mom or your pals or whoever. And, you know, that you're giving that up if you do decide. You know, I suppose the message that we wanted to get across was to really think long and hard before you decide oh I'm going to put myself on this certain regime or I'm definitely getting my teeth fixed and not think it's par for the course while wedding planning that you have to be on a diet yeah not to assume that it's something that everyone expects of you because the people who are there on your wedding day all love you and they are there like with smiles on their faces because they love you and they love your partner and they're really happy about it they're not happy for you because you're suddenly thin or you suddenly have straight teeth I think it's really hard because I think the pressure is there. Like, we can't deny that. There is loads of pressure. But I think, you know, if you're someone who's listening and you are kind of considering losing weight or whatever, you feel like you need to, just just if I could give you some advice, what I would say is, first of all, take a look at the media you're consuming. Um, have a think about who you follow on Instagram. Think about what kind of bodies are in front of you. Try and follow some beautiful, stylish women who are lots of different sizes. Do that for a month and then see how you feel at the end of it. Because so much of what we decide is good enough for ourselves or what we need to be is based on what we consume in terms of imagery in our lives. And if you're only ever seeing 10 beautiful women, that's what you're going to think is beautiful. But if you see women of different sizes who are beautiful and stylish, it might occur to you that maybe actually you could be beautiful and stylish at the size that you are because you can I mean you really can like nobody denies that Ashley Graham is an absolute stunner you know like undeniable (laughs) Um, and there are so many women that I follow on Instagram who are just absolutely gorgeous Gabby Fresh um, Danielle Vanier Callie Thorpe Callie Thorpe like these just absolutely gorgeous women who are thriving and glowing speaking of glowing at all kinds of sizes um and you don't have to live your life kind of on hold waiting to be a certain size to feel beautiful or to have fun or to be stylish or to look great on your wedding day. And if you still want to do it, do it. But like, you don't have to. Yeah, um, you do even hear people putting off their weddings because they, they say, oh, well, I can't book the I can't book a date till I lose a certain amount of weight, which is so sad that you, you can put, put off having home. a party or put off doing anything in your life just because you think... I need to get to this point because then you you literally stop living in the meantime. Yeah, I actually was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she was saying her younger sister was asking her, can we go, uh, can we go try on wedding dresses because she's engaged? And she said her natural instinct was to say, oh no, because I haven't lost enough weight yet and I want to lose a bit more weight before I try on dresses. And then she caught herself and she went, no, I don't want to say that to you, 11 year old girl. Like, I don't want to give you that message. That's toxic. And so she didn't. And she was like, yeah, we can do that. And she said, even though it was a little bit uncomfortable for her, you know, she had that realization that that wasn't something she wanted to say Mm. and I think that can be helpful as well when you're talking to yourself like if you think about your negative thoughts and you think would I want like a little girl to hear me talking about myself in that way is it useful or constructive or is it really negative and toxic and if you can identify that it's actually really problematic and you wouldn't ever want a child to hear you talking about yourself that way then maybe you can go okay well then why do I deserve to be spoken to that way you know why do I deserve to be looked at that way you know you, you deserve the same as the child which is the opportunity to love yourself I think in the same vein to shut down people who talk to you like that, whether it is a trainer or someone in a boutique or your own mom. Oh, yeah. Because I do think we have a, a tendency to pass comment on other people and their weight in particular. And if your friend is asking, are you on a diet or, oh, you're eating that? I thought you're going dress shopping this week. Things like that to just absolutely nip it in the bud. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, And I think that can be really tricky at first if you're not used to doing it. Um, and it can be tricky, particularly, I think, with mothers. I think there's there's a lot of really difficult dynamics that happen in some mother-daughter relationships where, you know, you might have a mother who spent her entire life working really hard to be thin and doesn't understand why you're not doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I have spoken to loads of women who have these issues. Like, I think you just need to know that you have every right to say, I don't want to talk about weight 
that's not a conversation that I'm willing to have anymore and just shut it down. And it's also okay to distance yourself a little bit from people who continually ignore the fact that you've said that it's not a conversation you want to have. I think in in a shopping situation, it's okay to be very firm and say, I'm not planning on losing any weight and I don't want to discuss it anymore. Like you are ostensibly buying the most expensive piece of clothing you're ever going to buy. You deserve to be treated in the way that you want to be treated. And you have every right as well to absolutely walk out of somewhere if you feel like they're talking to you in a negative way. Um, And I think, you know, it can be a bit scary if you're a plus size person to approach the initial phase of wedding dress shopping. So I have a couple of suggestions for places. Um, If people need suggestions, you can Instagram me or whatever. I'm happy to tell you where I got my dress. In fact, I'll just say I got it in the bridal corner in Glasnevin. They could not have been nicer they never made me feel weird about the fact that I was plus size or that I was sick or that I was sweating because I was like mid chemo or I had no hair like they were just so so sound so I would recommend them in a heartbeat but like look I mean one of the main issues with wedding dress shopping when you're a plus size woman or even a woman who's like a 12 or 14 is the the whole system which is of course that every shop has a dress in one size so like you could see oh that's the exact dress I want but it's a size 10 it's not going to physically go on my body Um, you know and that's problematic yeah and that can be really demoralizing when you're like, oh, I can't try that on. I can't try that on. I can't try that yeah, on. Yeah, because they like, say Just like, imagine. oh, we can clamp it. But if you're like, well, it won't go over my shoulders. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to work. It, like it's literally physically yeah, not yeah. going on my body. And there is an expectation that you'll just go with it and like know that it'll fit you at the time. But like that's nuts, you know. Yeah. So that in itself is, like, is problematic. Like to drop whatever, 800, 2000, 4000 on a dress that you've never properly tried on. Is or tried on at all if it won't yeah. go on yeah. you. But there are also shops that specialize in plus size bodies, which, which is great because then they have a huge selection of dresses that you can try on. Guys, there's loads of fat women getting married and we all get dresses somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if we kind of can help each other out a little bit, then maybe we can avoid those more humiliating experiences, which frankly, we don't deserve. No, absolutely not. No, not for the money you're paying, but not ever. No, no, you, no, know, you should always all. have... You should always be able to have the experience that the size 10 bride has walking into the store. You know, we're not there yet, but hopefully we'll get there if we have more conversations like this. The other thing, just sorry, I know I feel like I'm taking over, but the other thing that I... I I, (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a problem I have. I tend to dominate. But um, (laughs) the other thing that I just want to say is that also um, if you don't feel confident enough or comfortable enough to confront something, if you're in that situation and you don't feel like you can say, I don't want to continue this conversation, or if you don't feel like you can take it on with your mom, that's okay too. These conversations are really hard. It took me a really long time to get to a point where I felt like I could say, do you know what? I don't deserve this and I'm not going to continue this. And um, I actually don't talk about my weight because even for me, if someone says, oh, I think you've lost weight, like that's a really triggering thing for me. It makes me feel really bad because then it just sends me into a spiral of like thinking about my body in a way that I don't want to. So I always just say, oh, thanks, but um, I actually don't like to talk about weight. But it took me a long time to get there. So like, don't beat yourself up if you're not there yet. Like, Getting to a point where you feel good about your body and you feel like you're able to defend it is really hard in a culture which kind of bombards you with messages that it's not good enough. So, yeah, yeah. like, it's totally understandable. Like, one person putting pressure on you to lose weight is the same as us putting pressure on you to be this, like, fighter for the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> and it's not realistic to think that you're going to solve all of your issues with your mom just because you're getting <laughs> yes. married. That's <laughs> probably not going to happen. What? No. <laughs> Just one conversation in a bridal boutique and you and your mom will never have a row again. (laughs) That is literally, I think, the opposite of what happens. (laughs) (laughs) And we need to talk about men because they're obviously not exempt from the pressure either. Yeah. Selena and I were only talking about how in the last few years it seems to have evolved where guys don't only have pressure to be slim, they have pressure to be completely ripped as well. (laughs) And it's, it's really evolved. And I'm sure they feel it in a whole other way and probably have less of a, a platform to talk about it. I think, like, as women who are in our 30s, we've definitely dealt with this ideal woman who is thin and has big boobs and long hair as the ideal for our whole lives. But I think for men, there's been like this mad upward trajectory where, you know, there still are loads of, you know, average looking famous and successful men. But in recent yeah, I'm not going to feel too sorry for them. No, <laughs> but in recent years, I feel like there's just been less of those men in the world, especially in like things like TV and fitness, there, there's like an enhanced pressure and there's an enhanced sort of view of the ideal man. And the ideal man has abs and he has like really wide shoulders and 
there are lots of you know scrawny Irish men listening to this <laughs> who don't and will never have those things yeah I saw the Sprouse twins or Sprouse yes, brothers yes I saw that also I don't really know who they are I know one of them old. is in in Riverdale but yeah there was a photograph of them when they were 15 and it was like oh look these are the Sprouse brothers and they were 15 and they looked like regular 15 year old guys and then these are the Kaczynski or I have no idea what their names are some other famous twins I don't know who they are teenagers um, and look at them and the the Sprouse brothers were like these average looking teenage boys and these other guys were like super ripped and then someone else had said yeah this is like before Instagram destroyed us and gave us completely dodgy ideals of like what is actually normal and attainable yeah. and I think Instagram has definitely been negative for men in, in those terms in terms yeah. of you know the way you see your body and, and what what is we've just completely lost the run of what's normal like it's not like you will never ever look like someone whose full-time job it is to look good because you're not doing it full-time yeah. <laughs> like yeah. who wants to do that full-time yeah. like sorry I want to go out with for dinner with my friends and I don't want to be in the gym for three hours a day like that's you know so we need to just take a real reality check and, and including men and especially men I think with the gym stuff that like you can't look like a professional good-looking person you can't look like a professional gym person unless you become a full-time professional good-looking gym person so it's much better to kind of analyze what you want from your life like and also to remember in the context of a wedding you know your person man woman you know non non-binary whoever they are they fell in love with you as you are yeah. Like, they didn't fall in love with you thinking, okay, do you know what? I'm going to min this for the long haul. If I just stick around and then we get married, they'll eventually shape up for the wedding day. Like, that's not <laughs> no. how it works. You know what I mean? No one so, has that much patience or yeah. psychotic tendencies. <laughs> so, like, if we accept it that our wedding is actually about our love for this other person and, like, about, you know, expressing that in a public context and about, you know, having a moment to mark your beautiful relationship, then, you know, that should play a role like you know obviously how you feel about yourself is I think the most important thing in life but like you know remember that you know you are loved as you are so any changes that you feel you need to make just try and assess how reasonable they are how attainable they are why you want them do you want them because you're looking at ripped guys on Instagram all day and feeling like you should be like them because that's probably not a great reason to change your entire life Mm. I mean I say this as someone who works in a company that has an Instagram account but delete your Instagram off your phone if you need to like I think yeah, that's a really yeah. good point or like what I have done in recent years and I think you've done it as well Claire where you like do a call yeah. of just people who as recommended make... in your book yes, yes exactly Yeah, that's I what... never shut up about this Yeah, like, yeah. you really choose what, who you follow on social media so your social media can be a force for good or it can be a force for bad in your life if you, there's someone who you follow who makes you feel bad about yourself unfollow them Even immediately Even if they're your friend or yeah. someone you went to school with or someone we can you mute work them with. now TG yeah. Yeah. so you don't necessarily have to enter into that kind of UN negotiation of like <laughs> really sorry I have to unfollow you because blah 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 you can just mute them but like get rid you, you do not need that there's enough in the general mainstream media telling us what we should and shouldn't be you don't need to invite more of it Curate into your that life, into your life. Yeah. 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 and replace them seek out people who make you feel good about yourself like I said people who look like you but who look great because it's, you know, you can go, oh, that's maybe I could wear a scarf like that. Or maybe, you know, oh, I have those jeans. I, you know, like it's okay to look for inspiration, of I course. I fully credit like, Instagram for giving me the confidence to wear a boiler suit, say, because I would have just been like, oh, no, that's not for me. Oh, I love a boiler suit. Yeah, but yeah, comfy. totally. That's, I mean, for me, that's what Instagram is about. It's like, oh, hey, there's that person who kind of has the same shape as me and they're wearing a dress like that. Maybe a dress like that would look like, would look good on me. Not, oh my God, that girl's body is incredible. It's totally different to mine. I'm going to try and get that. Like, <laughs> that's just not realistic yeah or oh mm, that girl's breakfast is like half an egg and I had a whole leg and you know all of that kind of measuring ourselves up against other people you know it's natural but we need to take responsibility and moderate how much of it we're consuming yeah I think in a way social media can be like a gift because back in the day if you were interested in like what movie stars were wearing on the red carpet you, know, you had to buy magazines yeah you had to engage with newspapers or whatever who had all of these ads about weight loss and teeth whitening but now you can just follow Reese Witherspoon and Michelle Obama on Instagram and you will see what they wore to whatever award ceremony last night 
and you don't need to engage with like the more oh, mainstream the like yeah. typical and you can find media. your tribe you can find people who are like you who look like you the same shape as you who are into the same stuff as you and look at them instead and speaking of tribes we should talk about bridesmaids because that is obviously another very triggering situation if someone has to go shopping in a group because yes. that's my literal worst nightmare um, <laughs> let alone with people who might be different sizes and you're all trying to buy the same dress yeah, I've never been a bridesmaid and I find that prospect absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And I know that for friends of mine who are plus size, like it has been a source of major anxiety because if you're the person who's a size 18 or a 20 or a 22, 24 and you're, you know, your best friend's sisters are both size eights and you know, I literally can't buy things in the same shop as you. So how is this going to work? Yeah. It's understandable that it would be a source of major anxiety. Ideally, in the best version of this your friend would be mindful of that from the outset but maybe they're not and that's okay if they haven't encountered it themselves and don't realise just have a word with them and yeah. say look I'm really nervous about this here's a list of places I know I can find something can yeah. we do some kind of mix and match thing where we all wear something a bit different yeah I think that's definitely the way to go I think if you can be straight up about it with your friend because that that is the thing that a lot of a lot of women who wear straight sizes don't actually realise mm. that people like say me can't walk into Coast or other places where you buy I don't even know where do you buy formal wear because <laughs> I have to get all mine online so I have no idea but wherever you go shopping for, for bridal attire like you know most of those shops will not have something that I can wear now things are getting better but um, places like ASOS have gowns geared towards bridesmaids that go right across all of their ranges so like they that usually have them in maternity well, yeah. yeah they have them in plus they have them in tall they have them in petite and they have them in their straight size range so it is I think yeah if your friend doesn't know to give them the kind of heads up and go look and try and you know try and help them um, and definitely branch out because there are loads of cool bridesmaids brands that are a lot more inclusive yeah so it's worth casting a net yeah Virgo's Closet is another one that I recently came onto that does formal wear and they largely do a straight size range but they do have a plus range which are sometimes the exact same dresses as the straight size range and, or sometimes a slight variation so yeah you can do that thing also I'm really into having dresses made at the moment um, I loved your dress for the beauty of business thank oh you. gorgeous thanks very much yeah I'm pregnant and like a 2022 so it's I, your formal wear options are extremely limited so yeah I decided to have a dress made for that event and I'm having another one made for the VIP style awards and it is expensive don't get me wrong but it's pretty amazing to just have complete control you know um, and to be able to get what you actually want and pick and get the fabric the structure and you want and get exactly. it built for your body yeah because exactly. even sometimes you can get something in your size particularly with bridesmaids but they're really low cut and they yeah. won't contain your boobs well exactly <laughs> or like I know someone who had to wear a sleeveless dress and it was like her absolute worst nightmare and she said can I just get a sleeve added onto it and the bride was like no oh my god so I think as well brides if you can kind of check yourself just a little bit yes. <laughs> yes. and try and be a bit sound like obviously the aesthetic of your wedding is, is your thing but at the same time you know we all surely want our friends to be comfortable or sisters or whoever it is on the day my bridesmaids wore jumpsuits and um yeah, it was really More cool. More of that, please. Yeah, I, I really liked them. I thought they were really cool. But one of my sisters was like, oh, I don't really know. Like, is it the right thing? And I said, do you feel good in it? I was like, do you feel like you don't look good? She was like, no, no, I think I look good. And I was like, okay, well, then I don't care. <laughs> I was like, if you feel comfortable and you don't think you, and you think you look good, then, you know, it's not up to you whether it's appropriate to have a jumpsuit at your wedding or a dress. Like, so, yeah. you know, but them feeling comfortable and like that they looked great mm -hmm. and feeling good in the, in the outfit, that was important to me. But like their personal taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she could leave that at the door. <laughs> but it's interesting what you say about obviously wanting better for yourself. And I think it's totally okay for any bridesmaid out there to demand that they not feel awkward during that shopping experience. Like they don't deserve that. Nobody deserves to be made feel like the one person in the group who's ruining it for the rest of them. Like that's a horrible feeling. Yeah, because actually what's ruining it is the fashion industry's absolute lack of cop on and inability to realize that they need to be dressing people of all sizes. So if you find yourself in that situation and you start to feel like you're the one who's ruining it, you're not. It's actually not you. It's the fashion industry. So place all of that anger and blame on them. Point out how ridiculous it is that even though the average size of a woman is in Ireland, I think like a 16, 18 now, you know, a lot of shops don't cater to them. Isn't it crazy that take they don't our have money. like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. literally take our money um yeah. especially around weddings you are spending more money than you'd spend in an average dress for your bridesmaids and yeah. of course 10 times more probably 
on your wedding dress. So if you can't get what you want for the most amount of money you're ever going to spend on a dress, then the world is supremely messed up. Yep. I couldn't That's agree more. That's a good note to end it on. World, why are you so messed up? <laughs> Well, we could literally talk about that all day, but alas, we have to wrap up. Louise is possibly one of the coolest women on earth. She is. I feel very uh, invigorated, hyped up after that. Yeah, Claire, you were kind of like ra- raring to go after we wrapped up that interview. <laughs> I in the mic. <laughs> Our poor producer's ears were harmed by Claire's Sorry. enthusiasm. But that's just the kind of uh, like go-getter that Louise is. She really does get you very enthusiastic and passionate about this topic, which is why we really wanted her on. She sure does. You can hear Louise on RT2FM. She's also the author of Fat Chance, which is available to purchase. She has a beauty column on the Daily Edge and you can find her on Instagram at Louise McSharry. And if you don't have her in your feed already, add her. She's a great follow. She is. One fab day. Listener dilemmas. You know, our very purpose in life is to assist you in planning your wedding and part of that is solving any questions or dilemmas you send our way. This week, Selena has been digging around our inbox. I sure have. So we had a bride contact us via Instagram and this is what she wrote. So I was wondering if you could speak on having obligatory family members in your bridal party that you don't have a lot in common with or agree on things with. How do you handle having them involved in all of the bridal party tasks? I have a sister and we're complete opposites, but I thought having her as my maid of honour would be an opportunity to get us closer. We're far apart in age and are in complete different stages of life. I gave her the title, but I don't know from my sanity forward slash happiness how much I want her involved in decisions. This is a tricky one in a way, and then it's also not a tricky one at all. Yeah. Like if I could go back to her a couple of weeks ago and speak to this uh, listener, I probably would say... There's no need for you to ask no your sister. There's no such thing as obligatory family members or otherwise that you need to have in your wedding party. But it does sound like she's too deep in now. If she's yeah. asked her already, I wouldn't really recommend, you know, asking someone to be your bridesmaid and then whipping the title out of no. their hands. Cause that's, Especially in a family situation. It's too messy. I suppose really what I think she should do is maybe just have a chat with her sister and say, listen, this... I'm really, really happy you're going to be there for me on the day. But, you know, maybe I'm not having a very traditional bridal party. So don't feel like you have to be involved in all the usual bridesmaid activities. You don't have to tick off everything on the checklist. If you're not super interested, we don't have to have you coming to the dress fittings and coming to the food tastings or any of that. I'm happy enough to do that on my own. I really just want you as a support on the day. That's what's most important to me. I think nowadays couples plan weddings very much together. It used to be a bit like a bride and her bridesmaids did all the legwork, but you don't need to involve your bridesmaids in decisions if you don't want to at all anymore, um, other than the dresses really. So I think it's easy enough to, to get around and just include her where where it's necessary yeah it's really hard in this situation not to offend her and have her feel like you're basically telling her to you know hop at sister because <laughs> I actually don't really want your opinion but that is the scenario that we're dealing with so yeah. we have to be somewhat frank about that yeah I think really you can just say to her look me and my partner we've really got it covered so we don't need a whole lot of hands-on help with the wedding stuff but it would also be a good idea to maybe give her one token job. A task that you know she can look after and it won't affect really. Like, say if you have different styles, something that won't really contribute to that or maybe, yeah, like a logistical job on the day. Yeah, like you say in your piece that she and you are complete opposite. So I'm not really sure what she would be into, but there has to be something in the realm of weddings that she would be interested in that you could give her, whether it's something really logistical like organising a minibus for everyone, you know, even paying all the suppliers on the day or something. Or maybe she is really artistic and creative and there's one element that you could kind of ask for her opinion on. But yeah, I suppose that's my main piece of advice is to view it not like she is my maid of honour and she has to do all the maid of honour jobs. View it more like okay, this is my sister, this is the person she is, what would she be good at, what would she be interested in, and then leave all the rest. Yeah, you can't expect someone to fall into a role if it doesn't naturally fit them just because you're getting married. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it. 
and our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I, Fester Adam, do hereby declare my unending love. Ditto. I will worship you forever. Now for something. That's not your wedding. So as your big day approaches, you're probably up to your eyes in RSVPs, table plans, cake tastings and all that. So we think it's very important to step away from the spreadsheets and spend some time doing something nice for you that has nothing to do with your wedding. Claire, you have come up with a non-wedding related recommendation this week. Lay it on me. We're not leaving the house again. <laughs> Listen, we should just call ourselves hermits and be done with it. My tip this week is to have a lengthy Skype or FaceTime or WhatsApp video chat date with a friend who lives abroad. Oh, I really love this one. I actually did it on Saturday with a pal of mine. He got a gin, I got a gin. We set up Skype and we had a lovely long chat. Yeah, it's nice. Like you can, yeah, have a glass of wine, have a cup of tea. It's good if you can make the date and then you both set time aside. But impromptu ones are fun too. But I do think when you're planning a wedding, you kind of hone in on the people who are around you physically. And it's nice to check in with friends who are overseas as well. Particularly when you have friends who live abroad, it's rare that you get them on their own, I think. Because if they're a family member, you tend to see them with family. Or if they're in a friend group, you often see them at things like weddings or big events. Yeah. So often you'll realise, oh God, it's been three years since I had a one-on-one chat with that friend. It's really refreshing and lovely and it kind of makes you check in on your friendship a little bit, which is nice. Yeah, and there's something as well about Skype calls that are just so intimate and you can really, you know, maybe get into chats that you wouldn't usually have. That's why I love doing that, especially on like an evening with a drink in hand. It's particularly nice. So make that your homework for this week. The One Fab Date Wedding Podcast. And that's a wrap from us this week. As always, thanks so much for listening. And if you take nothing else away from this week's episode, let it be that you're ridiculously gorgeous just as you are and you don't need to change a thing before your wedding. Here, here. So we have two requests for you this week before we let you go. We would love it if you could tell everyone you know about the podcast, particularly people who are planning their weddings, in bridal parties, uh, going to a lot of weddings this summer, etc. And we would also love if you would rate, review and subscribe as well. It really helps other people find us. And don't forget to get in touch if you've got something to say, something to add to the conversation we had today or a request for a topic for us to discuss. So you can drop us a line at hello at onefabday.com or you can give us a shout on social media. We're at onefabday across all of the platforms. And last but not least, you can find Real Weddings, style features, planning guides, playlists and all the rest over at onefabday.com. We have new features going up every single day, so we'll see you over there. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? 
Go stream something new on Hulu.